When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. McDavid in front to Neal. Slitter to front, one-timer to save made. Burner on dry side. Hard rim around the boards. Kleppbaum able to keep it in. A lunging Cole beaten by McDavid. Walks in, shoots, and scores. Undressed Cole. Nugent Hopkins and Neal. Here's McDavid in across the line. Wrist shot score. Top right corner, a thing of beauty. An absolute rocket. Now McDavid, wrist shot, score. Second hat trick in three games for Connor McDavid. 5-1 Edmonton. And here comes the headgear at Rogers Place. On Thirsty Thursdays at Rogers Place, Connor McDavid gives you a six-pack. Three goals, three assists, six points for McDavid, and the Edmonton Oilers ring up the Colorado Avalanche 6-2. It is the first six-point game of McDavid's career. It is his sixth career hat trick and his second in the last three games. Oh, and by the way, Leon Draisaitl had has five assists and leads the NHL in scoring. The Oilers bounce back in a big way from that loss to San Jose two nights ago. They now have three four-goal victories in their last four games as they improved to 13-6-2 on the season. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 5 after 10 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We are in Studio 99 inside Rogers Place. Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas. This is Overtime Open Line courtesy Hartland Ford. Well, Colorado scored early. Rob, they scored very early. Just over a minute into the game. They got the good start. That's about all Colorado got tonight. Well, Colorado... They had a, a, a shortened lineup. They're missing some key players in their in their lineup tonight. Uh, they're missing their top defensive defenseman. They're missing two guys off their top line, and they're missing their top two goaltenders. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl feasted on that. They just had no answer to them. Uh, what the one thing that we've seen this year is the Oilers' power play has been clicking. It's been clicking all all year long. And when they get the puck moving out there, I don't care who they've got on the other team trying to defend. They're going to give up scoring chances. And when you don't have a goalie making big saves for you, and the goalie Werner, he struggled tonight. Uh, the others are just putting pucks on net, and the pucks are finding holes in the goaltending. So uh, this was a game where the Colorado Avalanche had no answer to the number one line of the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, I know Connor had six, and, and Leon f- had five. Uh, they easily could have had seven, eight, nine points each, a number of great chances they had, and they were shut down for most of, of the third period. So this was a night where you see if you don't have your best playing against the Oilers' best, you're in a lot of trouble as uh, you need you, you, you need a, a full lineup and you need a shutdown guy to be able to put on the ice against those guys, and if you don't have them, they will make you look silly. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores twice. He's up to five goals on the season after a, a slow start in terms of the goal scoring department. Zach Cassian scores again, so he now has uh, seven on the year, so his pace is uh, is pretty good. He's doing a good job on that line, and Mike Smith in net, I, I don't think you really faulted him for the loss against San Jose, even though he allowed six. There wasn't a lot of good defensive coverage. There were four goals that were tipped right in front of him, but he stood in there, did his job, made the saves he needed to. Yeah, Mike Smith was good. Um, Colorado, there's a couple opportunities. In the first period, I think it was 1-1. Colorado gets a power play, and they have an opportunity to take a lead. Maybe it's a different hockey game. Great penalty kill is what we've seen all year long, and a couple saves by Smith. Uh, In the second period was 4-1, and all of there's another chance or two chances, but Mike Smith, as both goalies have done this year, have made the saves when they've had to, and then I think after that it became a very easy night for Mike Smith, 
and going back to Nugent Hopkins, who's kind of found a little fire here after a lot of writing, a lot of talk about him and his start to the season uh, has come on strong as of late. And I would love to go back over Nugent Hopkins' career and see how many goals he scored glove side on a goalie. Because his his go-to is blocker side on a normal goaltender. Most goalies catch with their left hand. His go-to is blocker side. And again tonight, uh, puck comes to him in the slot and he knows where to put the puck. And it, it's a tough play for a goalie because most players that are left-handed like going over the glove. You love coming across the body. He's going back against the grain. And if you can pick that spot, you're going to have success. And it's not an easy spot to pick, but he's found a, a, a niche there putting in that spot. And again tonight, it's just another weapon on their power play. The, the Oilers don't have the right-handed one-timer that everyone thinks that they need, yet they've got guys that can shoot and pass. And when you've got guys that are capable of doing both, it makes it hard to defend. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins, if you give him just a small opening, he can put the puck in the net. And if you come out at him, he's going to find someone else to give the puck to. So Nugent just starting to heat up, and that's good for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, and after the loss to the Sharks, there there was a, a lot of talk about detail and, and energy and, and even Dave Tippett saying, you know, that was a bit of an immature performance the other night and I think our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors, if it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com is the energy the Oilers came out with and even though they allowed an early goal, which you don't like to do Zach Cassian, who I thought was very good tonight, comes out and has an opportunity to hit the best player on the Colorado Avalanche and says, I'm going to do it. And he probably knew it was going to lead to what it led to. But I thought that was a good tone setter for the team. It was. And that, if you're going to look at the difference between Colorado and Edmonton, I think there's a lot of similarities in the two teams. And I think that Colorado is going to be a a very good team for a long time because their stars are all young. And and Kale McCarr, who, who I thought even though it was a 6-2 game. I thought he showed spurts uh, of brilliance out there in some of the plays he made. But the difference between the two teams, the Oilers do have some grit. And you look at Acacian, for example, who threw with a big check. He got into a fight, threw another big check late in the game. There's no real response on the Colorado Avalanche. They don't have a player like Cassian. They don't have a really a player like Nurse. They don't have the, the, the grit. The Oilers have got some speed that can match up with Colorado, but the, the one advantage the Oilers had in tonight's game is they had a Cassian. I thought he was excellent. And, and like you said, the, the Oilers, as Dave Tippett said, immature in the last game. I also thought the Oilers lacked uh, emotion in the last game. I don't, I don't think they had a spark. Well, tonight they got the spark by Cassian. Throws the big hit against the best player, one of the best players in the world who rarely, rarely ever get hit. And then has a fight and beats the guy up. And I give Calvert credit for fighting. But So that's how you start the game, all right? We just ran their big guy over and we just beat up one of their players. All right, boys, let's go out and play some hockey. So Cassian, uh, he also, uh, he added a goal in the game as well. But he, his physical prowess tonight, his physical ability tonight set the tone. And the Oilers, the rest of the Oilers followed. All right, 6-2. The Oilers take it tonight. Again, their record on the season, 13-6-2. Leon Dreisaitl leads the NHL with 41 points in 21 games. That's an unbelievable pace. And Connor McDavid has 37 points. Last year's year that Leon had was incredible. Was incredible. And right now, what's he on pace for? Almost 155, 160 points? Well, he's basically at two points a game, Rob. So he's between 155 and 160 points he's on pace for. And and, and it's not like he's getting freebies here and there. I mean, he's usually the first assist on most goals if he's not scoring. Uh, they look most nights unstoppable and their power play right now and I think I think I heard Bob say they're up to number one in the National Hockey League I believe it's you can't take a penalty you can't play stupid against the Edmonton Oilers and that is a huge uh, I mean the Detroit Red Wings for a year never had a, a tough guy in their lineup they weren't a team that fought and if you did something silly against them they would just go out and score a goal that's how they made you pay and that's what the Oilers are doing right now if, if you're going to do something silly if you're going to take a dumb penalty we're going to make you pay and they're making teams pay and they, they can win games strictly on the power play and tonight is a great example the Japanese Village Goal Light is indeed on on the Oilers page on 6thedeadshed.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Triple-A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. And that goal light turned on every time the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they have now done twice in the last three games. Such an interesting little run. 4 nothing win, 6-2 win. 
6-3 loss that could have been 9-1 for how the game was, and then a 6-2 win. Well, there was a lot of talk about the Oilers being in the bottom third in goals four. Well, they, they've kind of corrected a little of that lately. Having said that, I mean, tonight it, it was a a good win for the Edmonton Oilers, but if you look at the score sheet, it was one line that scored all six goals. So it was uh, the rest of the game was kind of even. It was just one line for the Edmonton Oilers was much better than anything that Colorado could throw at them. And again, special teams for the Oilers. Four for six on the power play, but another five for five night on the penalty kill. So over the last four games, the Oilers are 17 for 17 killing penalties. Now, of course, the coaching staff, well, I'm sure the players would probably say we don't want to be shorthanded that often. But, but again, they're not letting teams back in games or giving them momentum on special teams. Yeah, and I know that there was a... Kadri scored just as the buzzer went at the end of the, the first period, I think it was, on the power play. But I can't remember another really good scoring chance that Colorado had in this game. Uh, the penalty killers are doing that good a job. They're very, very aggressive. And if you overhandle the puck, they will make you pay. The pen penalty killers will. Uh, the, the addition of Archibald and Shane, and we talked about it before the game, the addition of them back into the lineup the last few games has, has really taken the penalty killing unit uh, to another level. Uh, they, I mean, to the point where now that you don't have to see Leon out there. And Connor hasn't been out there at all this year, so... The, the bottom six guys, the guys that are playing penalty-killing time right now for the Edmonton Oilers are getting the job done, and it's not as sexy, it's not as pretty, it doesn't show up in the, the stat columns when you kill off penalties, but killing a penalty is just as important as scoring a power play goal, and right now the Edmonton Oilers have two of the best specialty teams in the National Hockey League, both on the PP and the PK. 6-2 the final in favor of the Oilers. That means a $150 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy of Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. We, we will just tell you tonight as, uh, as a bit of a side note, if you haven't seen this already, you are going to be seeing a lot of it. Uh, an incident in the NFL game tonight... I mean, we obviously saw uh, Ed Hervey with a swinging a helmet in uh, the Labor Day Labor Day game about 17 or 18 years ago. I know the Eskimos AJ Gas threw a helmet once uh, when he was playing for the for the Eskimos, but Cleveland defensive end Miles Garrett took the helmet of Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph and hit him in the head with the helmet. Yeah, you may say, well, Reed must be exaggerating here a little oh. bit. I, I'm not. He actually I, struck him on the head with his own helmet. I was watching that game at the same time tonight, and he, he ripped it off the quarterback. I mean, those things are on tight. Uh, you, the, all players in the NFL make sure that their chin straps are done up tight so that your helmet doesn't accidentally come off. The I don't know what, he must be a defensive lineman. Like He ripped the helmet off by grabbing the face mask. Looked like he was ripping the head of the quarterback off and then proceeded to pound him over top of the head with it when he had no headgear on to protect himself. To me, that, that's got to be a major suspension. A major suspension. And this, I was talking upstairs, Troy upstairs said this is the, the quarterback that just came back from a concussion. And so a dangerous play. A lot of players ejected at the end of the game. One of the Pittsburgh Steelers came out and started kicking the guy when he was down. So it got ugly at the end of that game. So I look to see uh, some big suspensions, hopefully, tomorrow to send a message. Browns wound up winning the game 21-7 over the Steelers as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Other NHL action, Tampa Bay beating up on the Rangers 9-3. Minnesota 3-2 over Arizona. The Stars lead Vancouver 3-2 with 13 minutes left. Sharks up 4-2 on the Ducks with nine minutes left in the third. After two, Red Wings and Kings tied 1-1. The Hurricanes beat Buffalo 5-4 in overtime. And the Jets knock off the Panthers 4-3. And right here at Rogers Place, it's a 6-2 win for the Oilers over the Avalanche. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is now how you both call and text 6.30 Chets. Whether you want to call or text, you use the same number. 780-496-0063. We'll get Greg on the open line to kick things off tonight. Greg, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. I liked uh, how Tippett, um, you know, didn't really play McDavid a lot in the third period. I mean, I was kind of hoping, you know, 
I don't like running up the score either, but I mean, given what McDavid was doing, maybe going for Sittler's record would have been nice to see. But um, the other thing that I want to say is, um, I know McDavid's one of the the best players in the in the world, or the best player in the world. But and I've said this before, um, a lot of the times I think a lot of the players on the Oilers get overlooked because of McDavid. And everybody wants to interview McDavid. Everybody, McDavid, McDavid, McDavid. It is a team game, and. And no offense to McDavid or anything, but sometimes his interviews are kind of a little bit boring, you know. Um, so, you know, interviewing some of the other players that have some character and and are a little bit out, more outside the box would be be nice to see. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I, I personally, I interview a lot of players on the team, so should should listen to my show when it's on all the time. No, but seriously, yeah, uh, Big, Big David is. I, I don't think he's ever going to really open up publicly. No. Maybe if he gets a little older and a little more comfortable, I, I think. I mean, he's one of those people. Well, then there aren't many of these people. He has been preparing for this or having others help him prepare for this since he was, what, like six or seven years old? Yeah, he's like he was Sidney, on this, Sidney Crosby, on this same type, yeah. And I think part of that is uh, some people are, are careful, careful publicly. Yeah, as far I mean, everybody gets it's interviewed by the others. We, I mean, the pregame show we have four or five players on every game, and I mean, Connor McDavid today. Josh Archibald was on. Yeah, or uh, pardon me, uh, Caleb Jones was on. Brand yeah. new, uh, brand new player to the team this season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that, Greg. But I, I think at least in terms of what Ched gives you, we give you a variety. Having said that, when you have a player of that caliber and when he has a six-point game, people want to hear from him. People, I, I don't think, and, and I'm sure we'll have something coming up. I don't think people are necessarily tuning in tonight to hear from whoever down the line. Well, and then when you go to other ranks, when other teams come into Edmonton, I mean, today when Colorado's here, you want to hear. Well, Jack for, interviewed McKinnon. Yeah, there you go. You want to hear the other team's best player or the other team's player that's from this hometown. Those are the guys you want to hear hear from. So Connor McDavid's always going to be the most popular interview because he's arguably the best player in the world. So you want to talk to him. All right. Uh, also on the text line from Trevor, he says the uh, power play is kick clicking. I love the fact McDavid is shooting. I remember Rob mentioning that he wishes McDavid shot more. He has a quick release, and with him shooting, uh, with him shooting, how much more does the power play open up? Now that you have four players capable of shooting, how much more effective does that make it? It's it's way more effective, and we saw that tonight. Um, the one thing we see a lot is when McDavid gets the puck on his stick, he's always looking to make that play. And what the penalty killers are doing is they're getting the sticks in the lane. They're, they're moving their bodies in the sticks because, okay, he's either going back door to, to Neil or he's going in the middle here to Drysdale. He's going cross ice. They are, they're not respecting the fact that he would shoot. When he shoots, now you've got to start getting the shooting lanes. When you do that, that opens up the passing lane. So you've got to be a, a two-type a, a two job threat. McDavid was that tonight. And McDavid's snapshot, wrist shot, is just as hard as any other player's slap shots. He's got incredible accuracy. I mean, we saw tonight what he, what he does when he shoots the puck. Um, their power play right now, and with New, when I've said this before, the, their main three guys, Nugent Hopkins, Settle, and McDavid, all have the ability to make the perfect pass and all have the ability to, to beat a goalie with a shot. So it is really hard to defend when there's no tendency that those players stay with. If they're willing to do both, it's going to be a much more powerful power play. And we've seen that this year. I think McDavid has shot more this year. And we've seen both Nuge and Leon doing it as well. McDavid had four points in the first period. The team record for most points in a period is five. Yari Kerr did it in 1984. Sam Gagne did it in 2012 as part of his eight-point game. McDavid tied a team record for most power play goals in a game with three. Glenn Anderson did it twice. Taylor Hall did it against Atlanta in February of 2011. With four power play goals as a team, the Oilers are one short of the team record. They had five several times in the 1980s. Well, actually, uh, five times in the 1980s. Last being on November 19th, 1988, in a 9-1 win over Toronto. Glenn Anderson had three power play goals. Kelly Bookberger won. Craig Simpson won. Dreisaitl had five assists tonight. Wayne Gretzky had seven twice. Well, while you get to look up these records, especially when they already had all those points after two periods. So I quickly 
dump all this into a document just in case. Well, the way the third period started, uh, he was running his four lines equally. Uh, and then at one point, McDavid left the, the bench. I think he had an equipment problem, and they skipped over McDavid's lines twice. And then once they got to the 10, 10 11, 12-minute mark of the period, they knew that the, the records weren't going to be in jeopardy, so then that's when they really shortened the bench and, and kept the Connor McDavid line off the ice a little bit more. No use, no need putting him out there with a risk of injury or, or anything like that in a game the game was well in hand. Give him a little bit of a breather. They got an afternoon game coming up uh, against a very good Dallas Stars team right now. So uh, as much as you want to enjoy this one, I know that the team already is preparing for the next one, which is the next biggest game of the year. Connor McDavid, the first star of the game. Leon Dreisaitl, the second star. Zach Cassian, the third star. The fourth star of the game, courtesy White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Is, is it just the Nuge tonight? I, 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 well, to, to me, it would be either the Nuge or Clefbaum. It's going to be someone on their power play. It was four for six tonight, so... Uh, we'll go with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who had two goals tonight and was very strong again. 780-496-0063 to both call us and text us. This texter says, uh, is Nygaard, Haas, and Chason a third line that can stick long term? They seem to have a great blend of speed, skill, and two-way ability. Um, I, I don't think I'd be willing to say that yet. I, I don't think we've seen enough. Uh, out of Nygaard and or Haas to, to declare them third line material. Um, I, I, I know there's a hope that Nygaard will be a top nine forward, if not maybe a possibly of a top six with his speed. Uh, I thought tonight they were they were okay. I mean, didn't really generate very much, didn't really notice them a whole lot. So I, I, I don't think I would say with any uh, Definitive that they would be a third line. I, I think tonight the third line. I think I think they were actually probably the fourth line in the game tonight. I think the third line would have been the Shane Shane line. So uh, no, I, think I, I, the, I agree as well. Yeah, I think the others are still looking for someone that they can call their third line. All right, we'll go to the phones. We have Colin standing by as the Oilers win six-two over the Avs. Colin, go ahead. Yeah, it's funny. I was just driving through the uh, Avalanche's home stomping grounds today. And, and then uh, tuned into the game on the radio app, which, you know, that's got to be one of the best things out there for a guy like me running around everywhere. But uh, I just wanted to say I, I, the neat thing about McDavid, when you watch him, he manages his space so well. Like, they'll come in on him, and he just kind of casually puts one arm out and says, go away, and keeps, keeps control with the other hand and, and just keeps on going. And, you know, I, I, not, I'm not drawing the obvious comparison, you know, with, with Gretzky, but I think, I think what he needs to figure out and what his teammates need to figure out is that he has options. Doesn't have to always go for the big shot. He can, he can throw a pass to somebody. And every now and then you see those plays where somebody, somebody got themselves in the spot where they needed to be, and he just, oh, there you are. Bang. There it is. And it's neat to see those, and I'm sure we're going to see them happen a lot more often. And all those secondary players, you hear their names mentioned in the mix, you're going to start hearing a lot more key scores after those names, I think. It's just it's starting to come together. Not, not hold a parade or anything, but I think it's going to get interesting. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Appreciate that. Yeah, good game tonight. The Oilers jump all over the Avs uh, as they should given some of the players the Avalanche were missing. We'll continue to discuss. You'll hear from both dressing rooms, more phone calls. We're looking for a contestant to finish the play as well. Edmonton 6, Colorado 2 is your final. Overtime open line courtesy Heartland Ford is back after the news. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McKinnon across Burakovsky, shoots and a glove save made by Smith. It fell to his side and Smith is able to keep it out. Impossible from our angle to tell exactly where that puck dropped. Mike Smith gets the win tonight. 31 saves. Oilers 6, Avalanche 2. That was Smith's save of the game. Courtesy Jiffy Lube, Be Wise, Winter Rise. Connor McDavid, 3 goals, 3 assists. 
Leon Dreisaitl, five assists. They are the top two scorers in the NHL. Dreisaitl, 41 points. McDavid, 37. The next guy is Pasternak with 30. So 21 games into the season, Leon Dreisaitl is 11 points ahead of the third leading scorer in the NHL. I mean, I, I don't know if people realize how good a start to the season it's been for Leon Dreisaitl. Like, he's on pace for 150, 160 points. Now, I can't see him keeping this up. But most games at the end of the night, when you look back at his night, he had three points. Yeah, probably deserved three. He had five points. Yeah, he deserved five. There's not a lot of nights where he's like, oh, you got a lucky bounce here or a lucky break there. And what is it on the course of the year? Is it, I think it's only two games all season long where he hasn't had a point. Well, yeah, they were shut out. Yeah, so the, the, only twice this whole year he hasn't had a point. So the consistency is there as well as the big nights. All right, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Actually, this one's going down to the Hall of Fame room. Head coach Dave Tippett. Player like McKinnon and Clean. We were ready to play. I mean, I, the players talked about it far more than I did. So they were ready to play tonight. And, uh, you know, none, nobody liked how we played the other night in San Jose. And we wanted to have a bounce back game. And that line went out there and started it early. So it's... Uh, Give them credit. Give our guys credit for we did what we had to do to win tonight. You've coached a long time, Dave. You, you see a player like that, McDavid, and even Drysaddle get on a roll. Or is your tendency just want to keep going, going all the time? What's the strategy when two guys are feeling it that much early on? Yeah, we, you know, our power play's clicking. When it's clicking, it's going in. Um, you know, we just we we capitalize on some chances, which. Those guys, if, you get, if they get chances, they have a good chance to capitalize. So it's power play was working good. We, uh, I thought the first period was probably our best period, just moving the puck and we were hungry on it and built the lead. And then we just, uh, you know, we pushed it right to the end, which was good. Okay. Good. Oh. I mean, you, you've coached a long time, but was that as good a night as you've seen from, from two superstars? Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, you get one guy with six points and one with five. That's a pretty good night for them, right? That's. I I gotta say, you're right. I've coached a long time. I don't think I've had two a six and a five in the same game. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that. I'm not sure, but I don't think so. All right, that's Steve Tippett, Brendan Escott working the Oilers post game beat tonight, six two Edmonton knocking off the Colorado Avalanche seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Alex standing by. Hey, Alex, go ahead. Uh, hey guys, uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for giving uh, a platform for the fans to have a you know a chat with you guys. I appreciate it. Um, I listen to you guys all the time, and I always appreciate all of the advice you guys give to guys like us that you know could, could put a word out for there. I just wanted to say a couple comments and a question for you guys. Uh, the coaches that we've had in the last five years, we've had a bunch, and I I honestly think that. Every coach has brought a little bit uh, to the table, but uh, Dave Tippett, I think if we would have had him last year, we would have made the playoffs just on the bias of the way he controls all the lines and, and the way, uh, you know, he makes the stars show up. So um, I guess my, my question is, um, so a lot of, a lot of people, uh, you know, criticize the coaches that we've had before but you know we never would have had uh mcdavid if if uh dallas akins didn't tank that year that he was our coach uh mclennan he came in and he for some reason i think he taught dry a lot about the way he was supposed to be and the comments that he made to him off and on the ice um my question though is though when when Cassian takes a run at uh, their best player, which is McKinnon, and he, he really flattened them there. Do you guys ever think that they're ever going to come and run McDavid or, or Drysaddle? Or is, is Cassian, is that why he's there on that line to protect those players? Uh, that's my question, but Thank you, Alex. I, I think that uh, most teams would love to, to run Connor or Leon, uh, but what you don't see very often in the National Hockey League is star players get hit because they don't put themselves in a position to get hit. Uh, McKinnon opened himself up there. He he came back. He didn't uh, what didn't read the play. Didn't know where the back checker was, and, and Cass did a good job with back pressure and, and got him 
at the, the right spot. Nice, good, hard, clean hit. Uh, we, we have seen teams take uh, runs or liberties at both Leon and Connor. We've seen Anaheim uh, would be the team that comes to mind the most that have been able to get a piece of Connor here and there. Uh, I, to, to me, the difference in tonight's game is I don't think Colorado had a Cassian on their side of the ice. I don't think they had the uh, player with his kind of grit. Uh, they were certainly in need of one. Uh, but I, I don't think, and I think but from what the question was, Reedy is trying to say, should the Oilers be worried if Cassian goes out in there and does that, will there be retribution? I think any team that plays Edmonton has got to come into the game thinking we've got to be physical on Leon, we've got to be physical on Connor. They just don't allow that to happen simply because they never put themselves in that kind of position. 6-2, the Oilers take it tonight. We'll go to Rob on the phone line, 780-496-0063. Rob, you're also going to finish the play with us, but first, what's your comment or question? Perfect. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, not to beat a dead horse, and far be it from us armchair quarterbacks uh, to talk about uh, the, the shooting habits of uh, the players, but I recall the game... Uh, the playoff game a couple of years ago when um, McDavid scored that uh, he went inside and out against Anaheim yep. and ripped it in the top corner. Yep. And I'm like, like earlier in the season, it was like there were several times, and uh, Rob, you alluded to it uh, a couple of post games ago, where it'd be nice if he mixed it up and shot more. I mean, he he has a lethal shot, a quick release, and you combine it with that stick presence and his his ability to make a quick play or do a quick shot. STP, baby, shoot the puck. And two, two of the three goals he picked the corner, I don't care, uh, NHL or AHL uh, goaltenders, they're not stopping that. The third one went, kind of went through the guy. But, hey, you put the puck on the net, as we've always heard, good things happen. Yeah, and you had Jason standing right in front, too, not off to the side, which is another thing Rob has talked about. All right, Absolutely. just for playing, finish the play, Rob. You're getting up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. All right, Kellen. Here's McDavid. Crosses. Nujanovka shoots and scores. He's got two. Edmonton has scored four power play goals and regained control. All right, Rob, you're going to like this one. Nugent Hopkins, a couple of two-goal efforts in the last three games, not quite getting to a hat trick. There was a game last year against Los Angeles in which Nugent Hopkins had a hat trick along with a teammate. Two Oilers had hat tricks in the same game. Was the other hat trick from Leon Dreisaitl or Milan Lucic? Well, got to go Dreisaitl. I think you got to go dry sidle. It was indeed. Hang on the line, okay? Your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Rob has indeed. Lee said STP, shoot the puck, and he got to FTP. Finish the play. Wow, we're into acronyms tonight. It's it that was, kind of night. We certainly are, Rob. Let's quickly go down to the Avs dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Here's their head coach, Jared Bednar. Yeah, I, I think that um, their best players had a night tonight, and we didn't, you know. I just didn't think we were very good and um, not tight enough with our checking and just didn't seem to have the drive that we needed to win this one. Uh, good start, but... Uh you know, the goal, I thought, you guys seem to be uh, you know, having your game there, but uh, too much room on that yeah. on the up counter attacks there. Right? Yeah, and, and uh, too many penalties for us, and their their power play had a night, and, you know, their, their special teams were really good tonight, and, and ours weren't, and, you know, we just, and, and like you said, just too much room, not, not, not tight enough in our checking. And with their penalty, I mean, with you guys being on the kill so much, I mean, what's kind of the concern? Because it's one of those things where even though you guys have a top 10 kill, you're still kind of climbing the charts in the sense of most penalties taken. So is that a concern? Either you have a top kill, it's still you don't want to take too many penalties, or is it not that big picture yet? Or how it's would you a, it, it's, um, I'm not going to say it's a concern because, you know, the history, the more penalties you draw, the more penalties you get. You know, that, that's why I see it. So we draw, we've led the league two years in a row, and then we've been at the tops of what we take because it's just the way it is. 
What was it? Oh, sorry. Oh, what was it that made their power play so effective? It was two to two at the five and five game day. Yeah. Um, well, they they were sharp, crisp, moving into the scoring areas. Um, we made some big mistakes on our penalty kill too, right? So McDavid makes a play on the one on the rush. Um, we leave our feet as a D-man and fail a clear on one of them. That's on us. Um, the one flank shot probably should have had a save on it. You know, and then, then they were crisp and clean on another goal too, put them right in the scoring area in the back door. So, um, you know, they make some plays. We made some mistakes. That was a difference. Scott Johnson work in the visitor's dressing room. Jared Bednar and the Avalanche now 11-6-2 and on the season. The Oilers are 13-6-2, including 7-2-1 on home ice. 780-496-0063. We have Kyle standing by. Kyle, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, good evening, fellas. Uh, you know what? I didn't get, get a chance to watch the game tonight. I was busy with work. But uh, it's, I've been meaning to call in and ask about this for a while now. Rob, maybe you, your opinion here, but when uh, in the first and the third period, when the home, when, well, when either team, when the change is the close change, and if teams are playing five on five, defensive zone. Yep. When a, when a forward or a defenseman, when they break a stick, I mean, there are times when they spend the whole shift playing a, a five on four and a half or whatever you want to call it when the man has, when the man's down the stick. Yep. Why don't why wouldn't teams, uh, however it might be, like if you have to funnel stick down to the defenseman and have the forward go to the bench, or funnel the sticks over to get the the close man, wouldn't it be more efficient to have that close man run to the bench, take an extra six seconds, seven seconds, grab a stick, and uh, come back and then play five on five with with full sticks again? I mean, you do five on four. Why wouldn't the guys just shout, "Hey, you know what? Broken stick, box it off, play a quote unquote penalty kill." for whatever, 10 seconds, get that stick and then go back to a normal 5-on-5. Well, first, I don't know, tonight an oiler did break his stick and it was in the end that he changes the the normal side. Yeah, and they they did bring the stick all the way down to the far end so that the trainer had it. He was as close as possible to the players in the defensive end. The problem is if you leave, it becomes a 5-on-4. Not everyone on the ice knows that a player's lost a stick because the stick may have been blocking a shot and the the defenseman doesn't see it. So you can't just say, all right, I'm going to go, you guys box it up, because not everyone knows that. And there's a lot of guys that are maybe out that that have never played on a penalty kill, so they don't know exactly how to box it up. Uh, I was always taught, and I always liked the fact that if you are lose your stick, go stand beside a player. So if you're, it it always, you always want it to be the winger without a stick. So if a D-man loses a stick, a winger will give the stick to the D-man. If the centerman loses a stick, the winger will give the stick to the centerman. And then that winger, go stand beside your man. So now you're just going to stand there. They won't pass to him because you're standing right with him. And then you play four and four in your zone. That's the best way to do it. If you leave and go and you say six seconds, well, that six seconds, was the, other, the, the office, offensive team will notice as soon as you leave. And they will now try to find that one guy that's wide open. And if you've, you've seen tonight, Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl or Nathan McKinnon, they don't need six seconds to make to, to put a puck on net. If they see a chance, if someone's left the ice to go get a stick, they're going to go right to that guy's man and they're going to attack the net then. So to me, the best thing to do is go stand by your defenseman and just stay with him until, it's, until you have the appropriate time to get a stick. And all the rest of the players on the ice, when they realize a guy doesn't have a stick, their first shot or first thought get the puck out. Try and get it over the blue line to allow that guy to go get a sticker to change. Edmonton 6, Colorado 2 is the final. Connor McDavid a career high 6 points. Here he is for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com more times than others? Yeah, I mean, you have nights where you feel good and, and, and not so good, so um, tonight I definitely felt good. Um, it's nice to get something early and uh, keep it rolling. Now, uh, not often you see two career highs in terms of points, but you and Leon both did that today. Is it awesome to share that kind of success with the club? 
close friend like that? That's fun. Um, you know, it's real fun to play with Leo. Um, you know, we've been play, playing together for a long time now. Um, you know, so these nights are, are fun to do it together. You guys said two days ago you guys needed a bounce back effort. Looks like you guys got that tonight. What does it say about this character in this locker room? That's good. Um, you know, we needed that. Obviously, it didn't go the way we wanted in San Jose. Um, and then uh, needed a big bounce back. Um, you know, in this two-game homestand, we got the first one. Um, and we got to go and get the second one. What did those two days look like? Were you guys doing any video or in terms of, or was it just, okay, we understood what happened, we laid an egg, it's just time to play our game again? Yeah, I mean, we got home late from San Jose, we just had a day off and, and came in ready to go. Um, you know, sometimes those, those those crappy nights, you just need to forget about it and, um, and move forward. Do you have days like before the game where you're feeling it more than others? And would that have been one of those days today? Uh, I mean, you do have those days, but um, you know, you try to prepare the same way each and every night. And some nights you feel great, some nights you feel terrible. So uh, it's funny that way. Um, but I mean, uh, tonight wasn't one of those nights. Uh, just. I felt good as the night went on. And what do you say about the, the way the power play was moving the puck tonight? I mean, it seemed like you guys couldn't fail. Yeah, power play was great. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's been coming for, for a little bit. I thought, uh, you know, we only had one in San Jose, but I liked the way we moved it. Um, we've been finding way, different ways to score goals, and obviously tonight was uh, was real good. Can you talk a little bit about the chemistry with Leon? I mean, is it just two good guys on the ice and so many years together that automatically that it comes or? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we know usually what the other one is thinking and um, you know, and he's obviously such a special player um, and then when you throw in a guy like Cass who opens up so much ice and um, you know, plays so hard and gets in on the forecheck uh, it only adds to it. That is Connor McDavid three goals three assists he has two hat tricks in his last three games Edmonton wins 6-2 over the Colorado Avalanche. All right we'll get to Brandon up next on the phone lines you'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl who had five assists we're live in Studio 99 overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Game seven, but it's now a member of the Avalanche, finds McKinnon, left wing, and he got run over by Zach Cassian. Belted, and now Matt Calvert is going to fight him. Calvert goes right in, and Cassian makes him eat a left hand. Calvert gets inside on Cassian, who's got him in a bear hug, and Nance a series of left uppercuts. Calvert is yet to get started in this fight. Cassian hammers away. A massive hit on Nathan McKinnon early in this game. The action started early tonight, 28 seconds into the first period. That was a fight between Cassian and Calvert. Kale McCarr, the outstanding rookie defenseman for the Avalanche, almost scored a minute eight into the game. The Avalanche did score a minute 20 into the game, but the Oilers take over after that, going on to win it 6-2 with Connor McDavid getting three goals and three assists. We have Brandon standing by. Brandon, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. So just a couple of questions. Number one, how much... With the hot start they've had, how much of an impact would you give Dave Tippett and his system overall? And what are you seeing from Ethan Bear that's allowing him to succeed so well so early? Well, it's a good question. Yeah, I, I think the first one, I think there's a lot on what Dave Tippett has brought in here. I, I think that uh, he came in with a game plan uh, with how he wanted his players to play. He came in with uh, defined roles for his players. Uh, whenever there's uh, a team's penalty killing or specialty teams takes a, a huge jump up in the standings that's a lot on the coaches so I think a lot is on that but I think uh, the record also has to do with the goaltending they're getting the goaltender the Oilers did not get good goaltending the last two years and that did in Todd McClellan that did in Ken Hitchcock this year Dave Tippett is getting big saves at the right moment so I think that's a key as well as for Ethan Bear what is he doing well I I think Ethan Bear was just finally ready to make the jump to the National Hockey League. I think he has the confidence. He, he's a very good skater. He makes heady plays. Uh, he doesn't play outside of himself. You don't see him trying to make some, you know, risk high-risk play with uh, li very little chance for reward. He seems to stay in, inside himself. So I, I think he's just has the maturity now to play at this level. He's always had the skills, skill set, but I don't know if he was mature enough to understand what he could and couldn't do at this level, and I think now he does. And I, I mean, I, th I think there's twice this year he got beat with speed. I think both were in the Detroit game. Other than that, you don't really notice a lot of 
grade A mista mistakes by him. He seems to keep it simple, and when he has a chance to read the play and jump up, he does. He's not going up all the time. So he reads the play uh, properly, and he, he moves to where he needs to be at the right times. Ethan Bear, 17.09 tonight. Caleb Jones up from the farm, played 14.40. Uh, I, thought, I thought Caleb Jones looked a little jittery, nervous early in the game. Uh, there was one pass he was trying to make coming out of his own zone, and he almost hit the coaches on the bench. He missed, he missed his target by about 15 feet. After that, he settled in. I, once the Oilers got the lead, the Colorado Avalanche didn't have a whole lot going on uh, offensively, so you never saw the Oilers' defense under a lot of duress. So I think it was a, a comfortable first game for Jones, and a much bigger test will be Saturday if he plays against the Dallas Stars. Oilers take it 6-2. Let's go down to the Avs dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. Here's Ian Cole. Well, I think our PK was, wasn't nearly good enough. I mean, uh, what was it, four for six or whatever? Uh, it's pretty, pretty, well, extremely poor. So, um, you know, that on, on top of just with losing battles and turning pucks over, I mean, you, I could go to the list, I could go all day. So, you know, it was... Uh, one of those games for you to not shoot them every single period? Was it just one of those things that finding the, you getting those shots on that, but just one of them are falling for you? I mean, shots are all well and good, but uh, if you're giving up that many chances and, and that many power plays against, uh, you're going to have a tough time winning. So, yeah, I mean, uh, shots are good, but, uh, you know, we can't give up uh, all those opportunities and, and, and certainly not didn't generate enough opportunities. What was it that made their power play so effective? not being very good is really what it was so I mean it's uh, it's pretty tough it's obviously a really really poor job so you know we're gonna have to, to step back and, and seriously consider what we're doing all right that's Ian Cole from the Colorado Avalanche who are without Rantanen, Landeskog, Wilson, Zadorov, a couple and of goalies. Two goalies yeah. So, so I mean I, my, I always view that it's it's a pro league it's the highest league in the world if you I know people were saying before this game, well, the Oilers should have an, an advantage, and I said they should take advantage. We've done too many games where the Oilers played a beat-up team and still lost. So, You're right. If these two teams are going to play each other seven times in a best-seven series and they're playing with those injuries, you're betting the house that the Oilers should win that series. Any one night... Uh, a as, lucky bounce. A, did a couple days yeah, ago. A, a referee, uh, a good goalie, anything could change the, the game. But this is a game with the number of the players that Colorado Avalanche had out of the lineup. The Oilers should win this hockey game. And the players they had missing were players that would have played against Leon and Connor. And without them in the lineup, Leon and Connor just had an easy night. Luke says on the text line, 7804960063, I know people say the Oilers' bottom six is trash, but if they match up against the opponent's top guys and shut them down and have offensive zone time and create momentum, is that okay going forward? Well, I don't think, I don't think we've said they're trash. I think we've said they, they would, we'd like them to score a little more than almost never. Uh, but, you, Luke, you do make a good point. Um, a lot of nights the checking has been there, the penalty killing, has certainly been there, and I would say sometimes the offensive zone time has been there, sometimes it hasn't. Well, if they were to go the, the whole year as even players and be top two or three penalty killing unit, that's enough. That's pretty good. That, that's enough for them to be a playoff hockey club, and that's what they've been doing as of late. All right, you'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl when we get back. His five assists overshadowed by Connor McDavid's six points. Quite a night at Rogers Place, Edmonton winning. 6-2. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6-30 chair. Here's Cassie into Leon Dries on a wraparound in front. One-timer score. Cassie is there. And Edmonton has struck again. It's 3-1. At four goals in the first period alone, the Oilers go on to beat the Avalanche 6-2. Rob, I just got to give a slight correction here for a stat I gave earlier. I had Dreisaitl at 41 points, McDavid at 37, Pasternak at 30. Pasternak's actually at 31. So Dreisaitl has a 
10-point lead on the third I'm guy. I'm glad you corrected that. I was going to text you and complain, but I'm glad you got that. Drysdale had five assists tonight. Here he is. Deserve to get a look on the power play, and um, I think Connor, me, Cass, Nuge, whoever it is, I think um, you know we're the last guys to, to complain about that. Sorry, I think I'm just jumping a little late yeah, here, but I didn't think you were going to complain. I just no, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, you and Connor combined for 11 points. Just uh, how awesome is it to kind of share a career night with a friend who also has a career night? Yeah, it's it's obviously fun to be a part of. Um, you know, obviously he was. Uh, he was flying tonight. He was, uh, he was, uh, yeah. He had his A game. So. Um, tonight was a good night for Carlson. Yeah, like I said, uh, it was a good night for 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 all of us. Uh, uh, I know, you know, the power play got the goals, but um, all four lines played played solid, created, and um, yeah, it was a good game for us. You mentioned Connor having his A game. Does that just mean a really rough night for the opposition? Well, I wouldn't but want to be on the other side, but you know, sometimes there's just nothing you can do against. Like he's just too good you know so um not taking anything away from from those guys over there uh sometimes it's just um unstoppable can you you know i know you're in the moment but you're in a situation with one of the greatest players in the world you're have even more points uh can you ever look down and see that you two are accomplishing something that's a lot of guys that might never happen or hasn't happened it doesn't happen very often well i had I really don't think, uh, you know, Connor and I, um, you know, we see it that way. I think we just go about our business. We come in uh, every day, try and get better, uh, try and, you know, help the team win every night. And, and tonight was a night where we, we had to step up and, um, you know, obviously it worked in our favor. When it's going this well for you two, is there any, is it any different, you know, between you? Can you see a spark in him on a night like this? Well, you can obviously feel it. I mean, there's always nights where you just don't really have it, and then there's nights where you just you have it. That's any player in the NHL. So, um, you know, it seems like um, our passing was uh, was on tonight, and um, you know, it was good good bounce back game. Coming off uh, the loss two days ago, how important was this effort from you guys tonight? Yeah, huge. Uh, Smitty was great. Um, you know, again, all uh, all four lines, all three deep pairings, um, very solid. Um, just a, a, a very good effort. What does it say about the character in this locker room to bounce back after? Yeah, it's, that's that's all that matters when you when you have a, a, a tough night or a bad game. You know, it's it's always about the response. You know, like I said this morning, the San Jose San Jose game was uh, was in the past, and and we parked it and um, came to the rink and, and uh, you know wanted to to beat a good team over there, and um, you know we did that. All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers win 6-2 over the Avs. This texter says, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that their effort level tonight would let them win against any team in the league. The score reflects the battered condition of the Avs, but a 3-2 result or perhaps an overtime win is still a likely outcome against a better team. Consistency is something this team really needs to deliver for both themselves and their fans. I think that's uh, a pretty good thought, and I think the, the big word there is consistency and then the and the the frustrating thing i think about the sharks game wasn't necessarily the outcome i mean you will you're going to lose games but you just never really felt the others were were in that game and, you know a lot of little i'd say most of their losses this year you felt okay maybe you know maybe it's not going well but you know maybe they can do something in the third the that game was a wipeout on tuesday but if you've been around the game long enough Every team has those. Every team will have about oh, seven. Oh, sure, yeah, but, I, but I'm saying you can't have two, three in a no, row. No, no, you support. can't, but uh, I think the Oilers have had consistency this year. I think that's why their record is what it is. I think most nights they've had a goaltender that's given them a solid start. They've had especially teams that have been very good, and their top line has been excellent. So uh, it's funny because sometimes there's articles written or, or talk shows to talk about, okay, well, they just had a – it was a horrible game in San Jose. They got embarrassed. They got blown out. Well – the Pittsburgh Penguins have been blown out. The the Tampa Bay Lightning have had bad stretches. I mean, every team has it. And I think that sometimes you, you as fans or you as media, get too high when the team does well, and then get too negative when there's a, a hiccup. That's why most teams that are successful, their dressing room is always a constant. There's never a high. There's never a low. It's never a roller coaster because they know it's an 82 game season. I think sometimes the emotions in people that are on the outside of a team become way higher than they should be when at the end of the day base it over 82 games don't watch one oh, game. Sure. don't no, watch I, one week i agree with you but i mean we're in a pretty 
passionate hockey market where mm-hmm. the team's been quite bad for a long oh, time. I, so that's I mean that's why we're getting less of it now. But early in the season, we're getting a lot. We were getting a lot of oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't want to get. I don't want to get too happy. Well, we, like they're, we still, third, they're third overall right oh, now. Oh, I know. Well, third in the NHL. We, was it, it two of the last three games post game? We've had people call saying things that they should do to fix their power play. They got the best power play in the National Hockey League, and we have people calling in. Well, they got to move Clefbaum. Well, they can't have this and that. Like it, it, it's that good. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, negative calls about their bottom six. The bottom six are the penalty killers on this team, which is one of the best in the National Hockey League. So, to me, uh, the San Jose show, yeah, they were bad that game. They were. They were. It was an awful game, but I didn't really read too much into it. You're going to have those games, and San Jose, they had a good game that night. Right. What, I, what I'm saying is, I, if they would have come out and been asleep tonight, after being asleep on Tuesday then I think that would have been more to talk about. But they weren't. It would be, it'd be more to talk there. about. But I, you, you can go through the league. Teams have two, three-game losing games where they don't play well. And it, to me, it's, it's indicative over the course of 82 games what you do. Yes, but then again, in this, in the, with the Oilers fans, yeah. then they're worried that's going to turn into three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Because we've done, we've done stretches oh, of that have, length. Yeah, but they were bad teams. The teams also didn't, they, weren't they, as well. Didn't uh, have the... Were, there was didn't have the roster composition but, of, of I mean, this team. On those teams, we were at the beginning of the season where we felt that the teams were going to be out of the playoffs very early in the season. This year, we felt that they would be competing for a playoff spot. So we'd be surprised more so this year, where last year when they would lose 7 out of 8 or 10 out of 12, it really didn't shock us because that's the team that they had. This texture says, were the fans booing at the end of the game when the Oilers were on the power play? I believe they were nuging yes. to get uh, him out there for the hat trick. They, they were, because they we're up high and you don't hear it as clear. And I was like, are they booing? I'm like, why are they booing? And then Nuge started carrying the puck up the ice. They were nuging. They wanted him to have the hat trick as well. Yeah. Two hat tricks in the last three games for Connor McDavid. TJ Brody of the Calgary Flames has been discharged from hospital and is recovering at home after collapsing on the ice at practice today. That, that's scary. Uh, I, I have never been on the ice when something like that has happened, but all athletes have seen videos of, uh, of players. A lot of times you see in, in football players in, in where they'll be out in the heat in the practice. or they show Unfortunately, some have passed away. Yes, yeah. and that's what scares you. As an athlete, you see this happen. Then when you see one of your buddies, a good friend, standing 10, 15 feet away from you and then going into convulsions, that would scare the hell out of you. Well, yeah, was it honestly. not uh, former Oiler, was it Sergei Zoltok that uh, collapsed in a game? I think he was playing in Russia and, and passed away. Oh, yeah, I believe yeah, you're right. So yeah. it is... It is it's scary. It's scary. It, like, it, in that moment, you don't know what it is, right? It, it, it's horrible when you read about someone else that does it. It's absolutely terrifying when you're watching it live. So uh, he's discharged. He said he's at home. He's doing well. Uh, hopefully he'll be recovered soon, and we'll see him back on the ice for the Calgary Flames. But health first with him. All right, here's the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard. The Kings beat the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime. Kempe ties it late in the third. Alifio, or Ayafalo wins it early in overtime. Hurricanes knock off the Sabres 5-4 in OT. Dougie Hamilton got his ninth of the season for the winner. Former Oil King Curtis Lazar gets his first as a Sabre tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning 9-3 over the Rangers. Yeah, I watched some of the highlights for that. Uh, the Rangers were not very good in that game. They, they, I think it was 8 they had eight after two. They shut her down yeah. in the third period. Well, what, what we were looking before the game, uh, what was it? When Tampa Bay had six goals, the Rangers had eight shots. shots yeah. So the Rangers would have had to have scored on almost every shot to have had the lead in that game. Jets get by the Panthers 4-3. Wild knock off the Coyotes 3-2. The Stars win over the Canucks 4-2. They're coming into Edmonton on Saturday. They are playing very good hockey right now. And the one scary thing for the rest of the league is their best players, especially... Jamie Benn having a horrible start to the season, yet the team continues to win. Eventually, when he finds his game, that team's going to be that much better. Sharks win again. 5-3 over the Ducks. They're up to 9-10-1. The Ducks are now 9-9-2. Well, just like uh, the Dallas Stars and, and to me, the San Jose Sharks are the same. They both got off to very horrible starts to the season. To me, they're both going to be in the playoffs. They are, they are both elite teams in the National Hockey League are now starting to find their way. And uh, Thursday night football, Cleveland beat Pittsburgh 21-7. And uh, again, if you're tuning in and haven't seen it yet, but if you own any sort of screen and are a sports fan, you probably have a uh, crazy helmet-swinging incident with Miles Garrett 
tearing the helmet off Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph and hitting him over the head with his own helmet. Yeah, it, it was absolutely nuts. It, it was nuts. Uh, his team won. His team was winning. It, yeah, it was with it was with eight seconds to go in the game or something along that line. So it was just it was just stupid. I hope they throw the book at him. I hope he's suspended. He could for, be out the rest of the year. I, I I think I would. I mean, even their quarterback said after the game, he said that was dumb. He will be suspended, and that's going to hurt our team. All right. You can get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Six points for McDavid, five for Dreisaitl, a couple goals for Nuge, 6-2 Edmonton over the Avalanche. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer back at 630Ched. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line courtesy Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.